Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Catholic Talk Show. Today, we're going to be talking about five things that people get wrong about prayer. Yeah, we're going to look at some misconceptions, some practices that inhibit people's prayer lives, and we're going to give some solutions on how to get over these five things that people get wrong about prayer. Prayer is the most necessary facet of the Christian life, and I'm really looking forward to developing a greater sense of prayerful intimacy with our God and with one another. Today, I'm really excited to introduce our guest, Alex Jones, from the app Hallow. It's uh, definitely the most popular Catholic Christian prayer app in the app stores. Um, and I couldn't think of a better person to have on the show than you, Alex, today. Welcome to the Catholic Talk Show, brother. So much for having me. It's a pleasure. Alex, we truly admire the work that you have done, really taking the diversity and the history of Christian prayer throughout the 2000 plus years of Christendom and really compiling it in a beautiful, attractive way on your app and how fitting to talk about prayer in this show to have you not only as a sponsor of our show, which we so appreciate, but on top of that, to have you and the experience that you've had compiling this to be able to give a very unique perspective on Christian prayer. Yeah, no, happy to happy to be here and lucky to be able to, to work with you guys. The uh, All the credit goes to the Goes to the big man. God did all the hard work, but uh, in the church over the last two thousand years. But uh, it's been fun to to be along for the ride. So, um, so it's a pleasure. Beautiful, brother. So yeah, today we're talking about some things. We're talking about five things that people get wrong about prayer, and you know, it's it, it's not us saying, "Well, you're praying wrong." It's some things that people misunderstand about about prayer that that's really inhibiting you from having a deeper relationship to God, to the Blessed Trinity through prayer. Um, so we're going to talk about some of those things. Now, but before we do, I just want to make sure everyone knows that if you want to be able to support us, you can go to patreon.com forward slash Catholic talk show. We have a lot of awesome tiers. You know, we're not asking for your rent money, just your pocket change, anything that you've got that you can help us continue to make the show. We appreciate Again, that's Catholic talk show forward, uh, forward slash Patreon or patreon.com forward slash Catholic talk show. You can go to either. So, Let's talk about, you know, prayer lives, right? Um, Ryan, you were talking so, uh, to me yesterday about something that you've read recently, and I think that was really awesome. That is a perfect way to start talking in an episode about prayer. Yeah, yeah. I think, um, I think before, we, before we talk about prayer, it's good to contextualize where it is in the life of us as children of God, um, uh, us as having free will, being sinful, um, and, and, and loving God too, at the same time. So, you know, um, the, the very first paragraph in the catechism of the Catholic church gives us a very good fundamental jumping off point. I just wanted to read that to everybody because I feel like from a contextual standpoint, it's something that, um, will guide this discussion in a, in a very foundational way. So I'll go ahead and start with that. Um, this is called, uh, this is obviously the catechism. It's the very first paragraph called The Life of Man to Know and Love God. God, infinitely perfect and blessed in himself, in a plan of sheer goodness, freely created man to make him share in his own blessed life, to share in his own blessed life. For this reason, at every time and every place, God draws close to man. He calls man to seek him, to know him, to love him with all his strength. He calls together all men scattered and divided by sin into the unity of, the, of his family, the church. To accomplish this, when the fullness of time had come, God sent his son as redeemer and savior in his son and through him, he invites men to become in the Holy Spirit, his adopted children and thus heirs of his blessed life. And I just want to say how beautiful this is, obviously, but we're sharing in this blessed life of God, right? And he calls us scattered and divided by sin into unity, right? Like sin scatters us. And, and through that, um, we still share in his blessed life. The mercy of God helps us to share in this blessed life. And obviously in the Holy Spirit, we become heirs of this blessed life, right? So 
Um, I just think that's a really good uh, starting point for this conversation and con context and contextualizing prayer in regards to it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, perfect. One word that stands out uh, among the many words that you just shared from that catechetical reference, Ryan, is what you what you emphasized sharing, you know, and isn't it true that all of our relationships from the time that we were children in kindergarten, learning that our relationships must begin with sharing. Sharing is caring. And, and from that moment on, from our earliest developmental concepts of entering into relationship with another, it takes an act of vulnerability and, and humility to open up your heart to another person and to share in their life or to share deeply of your own is something that, that can be scary. <clears throat> and prayer can be scary at, at certain times. But to realize that at the fundamental basis of what the church teaches and the reality of prayer, that ultimately it's an entering into an intimacy and a communion of persons with God. And that in and of itself, I mean, my goodness, to realize that the battle is with sin and selfishness, vulnerability and not being open but then once that starts to breach open, that you enter into a communion with God, which is just so profoundly beautiful. So I'm excited about really developing what you've laid out, Delacross, as the show yeah, continues. And, and and I can't think of a better way to approach this than to look at the negative things about prayer that we're going to discuss to help free uh, the minds and the hearts of the people listening to maybe approach prayer in a more fruitful and more vulnerable, like you said, way. Mm -hmm. So the first one that I wanted to talk about today, and I think this is maybe the one that most people struggle with, is that when prayer becomes difficult, they quit. They stop praying. You know, they, they experience spiritual dryness and um, they feel lost and then they stop praying. Um which is counterintuitive because that's the time when you should pray the most, but it gets really hard. I've experienced that. I'm sure everyone listening has that, you know, when life gets difficult, you're praying more and then you're not really feeling it or you're, you're too busy in life and you just quit praying. Um, that's, a, that's really a tragedy because that's when you, you need it the most. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. Or, yeah. or you, or you need prayer a lot and you pray and then when things are going well, you don't. And so you miss that communion with God on the other side of that coin. That's a good point. That is, that's a very, very good point. And <clears throat> what St. Faustina teaches about prayer through desolation or through suffering is that that is precisely where God is most actively in communion with the soul. And <clears throat> it, it's very, very ordinary you know, to the human person that when we are suffering, we recede. When we are suffering, we feel isolated. But it's precisely that in showing God's mercy to humanity that he descends so deeply to the human heart that he desires to enter into the most desolate place. And does, isn't that contextualized in Jesus's mission in the desert where he overcomes the temptations of the devil? Why is he doing that? He's doing that for the sake of humanity at its deepest, most desolate, dark, isolated place. And, you know, ultimately... I find that the greatest catalyst to intimacy is through suffering with Christ, because Christ is here with us to suffer with us in God's compassion. So I, I love that aspect. But Delacross, you bring up one of the most important points is that in prosperity, we forget God and, and, and then we just kind of occupy our own in our own little world. And that, I think, is the most treacherous thing to the spiritual life. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I think we get we get this a, a decent bit from folks who are, are trying to use the app where uh, they feel in desolation or it gets difficult when they're trying to build up a habit of prayer. And by far, the hardest part of prayer is just spending time and yeah. just giving the time every day consistently to God. And God does the rest. Now, it's important to have the right guidance and the right tools and everything, which is, you know, a lot of the app that we'll talk about. But the hardest part is just giving him the time. And I think it's uh, the exciting part for me when people share that is the stories when you read any great mystic or any great contemplative saint in, in the church history, they all go through the same thing. St. John of the Cross, Dark Knight of the Soul, St. Teresa of Avila, she starts with, um, you know, these deep consolations, these, these beautiful experiences of God. And then as she progresses deeper in her spiritual life, she gets more and more desolate and further away from God. And she finds more value from that. She enjoys the suffering because what to her, I mean, the bodily suffering or the suffering in the material world is nothing compared to 
feeling away from God, but in every ounce of suffering that she experiences on earth, she gets that much more glory in, in heaven. And so she, she asks for that suffering actually towards the end of her life. And you have St. Uh, Mother Teresa who, um, you know, experienced dryness, uh, as we saw from her journals for 50 years of her life, where she didn't know if she struggled with God being there, God being present, God existing. It was like this deep, dark suffering and through it, she loved. And uh, all of these saints, these beautiful mystic uh, examples are... Uh, just preaching to your point, Father, which is as things get hard, that's actually God giving you the chance to grow closer to him and uh, to to offer that up to God and to continue to pray, even though you're not getting the same consolations that, you know, St. Teresa got at the beginning where she's levitating or whatever. So, um, you know, is, is an exciting thing, especially when you look at the saints' lives. You know, Alex, yeah, you brought something up there that I think is a really important insight <clears throat> is that everyone's going to experience spiritual dryness or or people are going to experience like Ryan said times when life is so good what do we pray for i got everything i need you feel like but that creating that habit of prayer creating that time and that space that dedicated moments to where you enter in to conversation with the trinity um that's incredibly important. And that's one of the things that I love about hollow is that it makes that really accessible. It's a tool that it's, it's like a training tool. It allows you to have these um, moments where, you know, that I'm dedicating it to it. It gives you some structure to it. So when you're like, I don't know what to pray today. I don't really know. You know, I'm not really feeling it this way or that way. It gives you some structure and some guidance to help you pray when maybe it's a little bit, you know, beyond where you're at at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. And it's particularly, I think, um, sorry, Alex, uh, what we're talking about here is, is also in the catechism, um, facing difficulties in prayer. It's, it's, uh, it's called the battle of prayer, right? So I think what we're talking about is the battle and there's two different states of the soul, right? One of abundance, either materially or even spiritually, uh, and one of desolation, but the second article is called Humble Vigilance of the Heart. Humble Vigilance of the Heart. And the humility of being that clay always in the hands of God, right? And, and experiencing the, the, the distraction, um, you know, uh, facing temptations in prayer. Again, going back to your app, and, and I've used this. Uh, I even used, uh, used it with my daughter, you know, driving to school to drop off my boys where, you know, here we are doing Lexio Divina in the car. And, you know, obviously it's not the best place to do it, but it is about making time. And the biggest, what you said about making time and sticking to that time and, and developing that interior life with God, even in the abundance that you have, God wants to use that abundance to possibly give to somebody else. Right. So we always have to have that structure of time and the beauty about your app is you literally just turn it on, right? I mean, it's that's what I love about it. It's like, I don't have to like think about all these different ways to prayer or memorizing or anything. It's just, you just turn it on and you just go, right? And I think that's what's so beautiful about it. And it's, and having that simplicity of prayer is something that's a value to this interior life. Yeah. I think one of the hard parts about prayer is you, you, uh, depending on where you are in your own journey, you can talk to anybody who is in vastly a vastly different place. And so you talk to somebody, you have a good friend of mine who does a holy hour or two every day and is just a deep contemplative um, life. And there's other people who struggle to find a minute to three minutes of prayer. And the beauty about the relationship with God is you just have to give him a little bit, start as simple as humanly possible. Or if you're already at an hour of in, in prayer, pushing yourself to spend uh, you know, more time and, and uh, you know, take action out of that prayer and all that stuff. There's always ways that we can grow in our relationship with God, but it's important just to take the smallest, simplest, easiest step, get started, and then to stick to it. And there is, you know, it's, it's a challenge. So you do have to challenge yourself and you have to set goals and you have to, you know, pick a set number of days and try to commit to it. So it's just like any other habit that you try to build, but it is, uh, you know, important not to think that, Hey, I got to do a rosary and a divine mercy chaplet every day, or I got to, you know, meditate on the daily gospel every day. It's just, well, let's just say, Jesus, I trust in you when you wake up in the morning. How about that? And, uh, you know, starting with just a minute, we have things on the app called minute meditation. So literally just, you know, 30, 60 seconds of, of meditating on something, um, but can, can be an enormously, uh, powerful. We, 
There's a uh, person I spoke to a few weeks ago who has the longest streak on the app. We have little streaks to try to help uh, people maintain habits. We've only been around for two years or so. And this person has a 450 day streak. So we probably found out about it a few months into the app existing Mm -hmm. and then it's used it every day since. And I, I was talking to him um, and uh, you know, was asking, Hey, how do you stick to this? And he said the same thing that, and, and I forget the saint that quoted it, but it's, uh, you know, when, when I feel like I don't have time for a rosary in the day, that's when I need to pray two rosaries. And he was like, you know, I, I spend my morning in prayer and, uh, I've just noticed over the course of the last five years when I don't, my day goes worse. And so I just need to every day and I just stick to it, pick a time and, you know, meditate on the daily gospel or the rosary from the app. And, uh, use that as a, a way to stay consistent through it. So it's um, really just starting small and trying to build up and challenge yourself to to stick to praying every day. That Very that cool. is fabulous, Mother Teresa. You know, and and that and that's the it just totally touched my heart. But you know, if you're busy, you need to pray more. Yeah, that's right. And yeah. and it's just what an incredible uh, recommendation to Alex and and what you're seeing from a user interface like. How are the users using this uh, this app and then realizing that it's building blocks, you know, it's mm-hmm. building blocks of the spiritual life and you have to begin somewhere. So our listeners, our viewers out there, you may be in that same situation where, you know, I, I really don't pray that often. Maybe it's a, a simple form of prayer. Well, Hallow is a perfect app for you. And Hallow is is one of our sponsors of the show, and we have a wonderful opportunity for you because Hallow is giving you 30 days free trial of use of this app right now. So go to hallow.com forward slash Catholic talk show, and there you'll see how to access this app for 30 days for free, just to try to build on your spiritual life and momentum. If you don't have any prayer life, if you have the beginnings of prayer life, or if you're at that, what Alex said, that two hours of contemplative prayer, which is like the heights of silent contemplative intimacy, there's stuff on this app for you. So check that out today. Again, hallow.com forward slash Catholic talk show, and it's 30 days free trial. Now I have to, I have to share Alex, you know, listening it reminds me of when the disciples and the followers of Jesus are walking with him day in and day out in his public ministry. And then they turn to him at a certain point. It's like, teach us how to pray, teach us how to pray. And I always, I find that even in my own life, you know, I've, I've been a priest now for eight years. I've been following the Lord closely as best as I possibly can in my own limitations, my sinfulness for the past 20 years and on a daily, on a daily basis. But I still find myself, benefiting from spiritual giants, spiritual directors, retreats, conferences, and different brothers and sisters that are just living out their own prayer life that call me to a greater effort of of prayerful intimacy. And I just, I find that the tradition of prayer in the Catholic church in respect to that gives you that sense of structure from oratio to meditatio, to contemplatio, oratio being like, teach us how to pray, the Our Father, right? It's like a devotional verbal prayer, Our Father, Hail Mary, the Nicene Creed, uh, the Memorari, and the list goes on with all of these kind of verbal memorized prayers, which are which are in the app as well. And then that moves into like meditation, meditatio, that we can actually meditate on the lives of the saints. We could meditate on the scriptures, meditate on the Psalms and how that's lived out in the life of the saints. Meditation begins to form like within our own selves, uh, an intellectual, spiritual exercise to contemplate how is God interacting with humanity and how is it being shown in the life of people? And then contemplatio, which is the highest form of, of prayerful intimacy with God, which is the Holy Spirit working within us, within our own limitations that St. Paul expresses, that the Holy Spirit comes within us in, in, in forms of groaning because we cannot pray properly. You know, to realize that in the tradition of the church, we have over 2,000 plus years of people sharing these spiritual masters, if you will, these saints who have really been influenced by the power of the Holy Spirit as a fruit of their meditation to really share with us what is prayer and what isn't prayer. And, and I think that that's so important for us to continue to discern and learn all throughout our life. Mm-hmm. Hey, I, I want to share something else with you guys. I think it's another nuance to what we're talking about, which is distraction. Um, this is in the humble vigilance of the heart. 
Uh, but it, I think it's very important because distraction also lends us to wisdom. It also lends us to self-knowledge. It also lends us to where God wants to move us away from and into. So it says the habitual difficulty in prayer is distraction. It can affect words and their meaning in vocal prayer. It can concern more profoundly him to whom we are praying. Uh, to set about hunting down distractions would be to fall into their trap when all that is necessary is to turn back to our heart for a distraction reveals to us what we are attached to. And this humble awareness before the Lord should awaken our preferential love for him and lead us resolutely to offer him our heart to be purified. Like that's just, that's awesome. Yeah. Just identifying that a distraction is actually the type of thing that we need to be aware of in prayer and that even a distraction in prayer can be a blessing. So if you're distracted and you're thinking about this, well, that's where your, where your heart and mind goes. And that's the things that maybe you should be praying about. So that's, yeah. that's really, that's, that's yeah. some, uh, some pretty cool things there. And I think one of the one of the coolest and uh, also most difficult pieces of of Catholic contemplative prayer and, and meditative prayer is uh, distraction. And there's two pieces to it. There's, you know, the one is uh, to to chase your distractions or your thoughts and your to dos of the day while you're trying to pray is obviously not where God is trying to to lead you and not spending time with God is just sitting and worrying about whatever you were worried about before um, or kneeling or however you're praying. And, and you, we do have, I think one of the, the really awesome pieces that you build up as you start to spend a lot of time in prayer is you do have this ability to say, Hey, there's a thought and I'm just, you know, I'm going to return back to my focus. There's another thought about another thing I have to do today. I'm sure God will remind me later. I'm just going to return back to my focus. Jesus, I trust in you or whatever, you know, gospel you're meditating on. And on the other hand, though, it, there's this fun discernment you have to do, which is also very hard because sometimes they're distractions and sometimes they're God pulling you to think about something. And so how can I be a better person or how can I better serve my wife or um, be a better father or whatever it is? And, and to really dive into that and say, hey, I think there's fruit here that I do need to meditate on. And so this isn't a distraction. This is where God is leading me to. And so that it's kind of this you, you have to build the skill to focus, but then also trust that God is leading you where he wants you to go. And so that discernment, which is really an Ignatian kind of uh, discernment yeah. there is, is, is really key to a lot of the contemplative prayer techniques that we have on the app. Awesome. So I think all of that conversation kind of encompasses that first point is that people quit when prayer gets difficult and there, there's a lot in there. Now we promised everyone five, so let's get through these other four, but I think that one was the most important because that's the one that is the most common and, and the biggest impediment to developing a prayer life is not praying because it's hard. Um, yeah. And I think we touched really on elements of all the remaining points in that conversation. Um, another one of them is that prayer often can become very one-sided. Um, in the tradition of the church, there is four I guess, categories of prayer, not what Father Rich mentioned earlier, but four types of prayer or four reasons for prayer. And that's adoration, contrition, thanksgiving, and petition, right? And too often for a lot of people, prayer becomes always asking God, well, I need this. This is bothering me. This is hurting me. Um, and it becomes imbalanced. It becomes, you never saying, God, Thank you. Giving thanksgiving. Thank you for all the things that I have. Thank you for the challenges of my day. Thank you for my struggles. Thank you for giving me opportunities to grow. You're never giving praise saying, God, you are great. And, 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 you know, um, in, in awe, right. That adoration of the Godhead. And then there's also, you know, prayers of contrition. There's never, it's very rare, I guess, when you're in need to say, in, in a heartfelt prayer, God, I, I'm sorry for my failings. You've given me every tool that I need and I'm failing and, and I'm sorry. Like, so again, prayer has to have all of those elements, contrition, thanksgiving, um, adoration, but also petition. It's important, but having a balance between that gives a more healthy prayer life instead of always saying, God, I need, but sometimes returning some other types of prayer. Yeah, and if I might, so it's a it's a beautiful structure of prayer that you outline outlined, like the acts a c t s the um, with supplication petition yep. being the, the s, but the um, uh, the one piece that and I, I think that's absolutely right, which is the the standard the base definition of of prayer uh, that that people think of is hey I need help with stuff I need to pray for something because I need it. 
uh, which is, you know, I, I actually have a three month old child and I'm, she hasn't learned to talk yet or else she'd be Einstein. But um, the, uh, you know, when she does, most of her conversation will be, hey, I need this. I need this. I need this. But as you know, my relationship with my parents is not, I need this, I need this, I need this, uh, although they, they help me a ton, but is mostly uh, as, as we talked about the evolution of prayer, which is, hey, I'm super grateful for this, um, or I, I wanted to apologize for this thing, or, and the highest form is just, hey, let's just spend time together. Let's just share, uh, which brings us back to what we've been talking about this whole time. And I think the thing that I would add to I struggled a lot with, and my story is a much longer one. I was agnostic atheist and and found God through prayer, but I struggled a lot with kind of the base, the 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 core, even just the acts model, which is, hey, I'm sorry for stuff, uh, thank you for stuff, and help me with stuff, because it is really helpful to grow in the virtues. But I I think, and it's baked in there in most of these models. But I think the piece that it it misses is uh, the sharing and the listening. And the, the person who should be uh, changing when you pray is you, not the other one, not God. Uh, you should be the one praying for your own heart to change. And I, there was this uh, story when I was struggling with my faith and learning how to pray and all this stuff that I, I talked to a priest and he was like, yeah, you, you should try prayer. And I was like, look, I've tried prayer. I've said, hey, thanks for stuff. Sorry for stuff. Help me with stuff every day for like a year. And I just, I feel like I'm journaling in my own head. And the priest said, well, let me take a second. Are you married? I said, yes, of course. He said, how healthy would your marriage be if every day you came home and said, hey, honey, I'm thankful for these things. I'm sorry for these things. Help me with these things. Um, good night. And I was like, uh, it would be very unhealthy. 80% of my conversation with my wife is, how was your day? Tell me about it. What do you need from me? And he was like, yeah, now imagine instead of talking to your wife, you were talking to the, the person who created the universe. Wouldn't you really want to hear what they had to say as opposed to you saying all the stuff that you want to say? Now, it's important for you to share because that's, you know, it's, it's, it, it actually impacts your own heart. But God already knows what you want. The, the act of prayer is you growing closer to him, him pulling you closer to him and just spending time with him and learning to listen for what he wants out of your life. And that listening piece, I think, is the piece that most people and it, it's you see it in this giant shift towards secular meditation and the mindfulness meditation and stuff, because it is kind of this listening aspect. But we have the beauty in, in Catholic contemplative prayer of list, know who we're listening to and have a ton of tools, scripture and the tradition of the saints uh, to use to help us listen. And I think that listening piece is a piece that a, a lot of people miss, which is the, the really hard part about prayer, but also the really fruitful part, I think. And that's what I love about your app is that you actually intentionally include those dynamics in the meditations that you have, right? So, you know, if one did not have that, um, you know, like kind of like you, you know, the priest told you, right? But the guidance of the meditations in your app is like the, the person guiding you is actually asking you to, to be present, you know, to soak in the presence of God and then to speak to him in thanksgiving. I mean, I, I, I think it's just a, it's a wonderful story, by the way, but, but it's also something that's also included in the app that I really love too as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the daily gospel is exactly that, which like we have a daily gospel meditation where you meditate on an excerpt from the daily gospel every day. And it's, you know, it's, we, we say the daily it's based off of the structure of Alexia Divina Benedict and prayer technique, but it's, you, you uh, read the daily gospel, which is a super important part, but that's only about a minute of a 10 minute meditation. So you, you read the, the, the excerpt, but then you try to focus on, okay, what stood out to you? How is the Holy spirit speaking to you through these words today, pick a word or whatever and, and meditate on it, let it sink in. And then, Hey, share with God what you think he's trying to say to you. And now just listen or just sit in silence and just share. And, and to go back to the share word, which I love is the, you know, St. Teresa's definition of contemplative prayer, which is also in the catechism is just contemplative prayer is in my opinion, nothing else than a close sharing between friends, being alone frequently with the one who loves us. And it's just like a, it's just a relationship. It's not like a bank where you go and you try to get money out of it. It's just like, Hey, we're just sitting and staring at each other and enjoying it because you're God. And I would love to adore you to go back to the adoration point. Um, mm -hmm. But kind of having that conversation and that, you know, listening aspect of it is, is what has changed my life probably the most dramatically. And, and that's what we so appreciate. Alice. thank you so much for sharing your testimony because your testimony itself and everything that you've described or along with what Delacrosse was just sharing really takes that number two <laughs> that we were talking about, that it's one-sided uh, and really throws it out the window. It, it's not a one-sided thing 
Christian prayer is not one-sided. It opens one up to this exchange of love, this, this exchange of ideas, this exchange of really the, the liberating power of truth and God's love for us. And to be able to hear your story, and Alex, I'm very curious to, to certainly hear more about your story as we continue this relationship with you uh, far into the future and, and the years ahead. Um, but to move from a, a form of agnosticism, we're you know, struggling with a belief that is there a God, that through prayer, you have come to encounter God, God speaking to your heart and drawing you to the theological virtues of faith, hope, and love. What a, what a beautiful testimony, brother. Thank you for sharing. Yeah, awesome. So not my not my story. Well, it's God's, but I'm happy to happy to repeat it. <laughs> yeah. So another thing, and I think we just touched on that in there as well, is that you know a lot of people think prayers need to be memorized, and that prayer is you know kn- knowing your Pater Noster and your Ave Maria, and you know having all these prayers memorized and reading from a book or whatever. That prayer is kind of a formulaic thing, or almost some people treat it as a magic spell. They start to get into um, superstition with saying a certain amount of prayers and stuff where they're losing the the heart of it. Now, these prayers are, you know, like the, our father, Pater Noster, it's, we should all know that because our Lord taught us that, but prayer doesn't have to be a memorized scripted thing all the time. Now that's not to say that there's some fundamental prayers that every Christian should know, but not having them all memorized is not a reason to really, um, to, to, I guess, abandon a prayer life or not know how to pray because you don't have certain prayers memorized or a certain um, um, regiment in how you pray. Yeah. The, uh, the best example for this, for us that we've seen is the rosary, which, you know, I, I think there's actually a, there's actually two sides to this on the one side. Uh, you're absolutely right, which is, you know, prayer is about listening and is about a relationship. And so, you know, I don't memorize anything to build a relationship with my wife. Uh, I just do it every day by talking to her and listening. At the same time, we have this beautiful, rich tradition of 2000 years of different ways to it's, it's intimidating to try to talk to an invisible God and uh, to try to start a conversation with them. And so we have this beautiful tradition of these beautiful memorized prayers and these beautiful structured prayers to start that conversation. So it's kind of this fun balance, but the rosary is one that a lot of people actually are very intimidated by, or it's really hard. I mean, it's, you know, if you're driving to work and you have a bunch of beads, it's hard to keep count or you got to keep your kids or you're trying to do the dishes or whatever it is. And you've got a busy life and and you're doing the service that God asked you to. And maybe you don't have 25, 30 minutes to sit down and go through the beads. The, uh, what we've seen in the app and the big point of the app is to be a tool of technology without technology. So it's, uh, you know, you click it, you pick a session, hopefully it's as easy and seamless as possible to pick one, pick a length, 5, 10, 15, 20 minutes, and then you click play, plug in your headphones and close your eyes and put the phone across the room or put it in your car or whatever. But it's, you know, you're, you're focused just like we are on our headphones right now, but not looking at a screen, just looking at the, the outside world or, or doing the work that you have to do. But the rosary is something that it actually makes it, and in my own life has made it so much easier for me to pray the rosary. I don't have to remember all the mysteries, even though I try to, I try to memorize them all, but I don't have to remember where I am. Uh, I don't have to count to 10. I just get to really focus on the, the prayer itself. And then also really, which is a really hard part of the rosary, which is meditating on the mysteries, which is the, the point of the rosary and the Hail Mary centers you and focuses you. But the, the point of it is to meditate on the mysteries. And it's really hard to do, especially when you're just starting. We had a, there's a story just a few weeks ago, somebody sent us um, that their brother was uh, dying from uh, cancer and had about a week or two to live and had always been really intimidated by the rosary. And so had never prayed it. And she introduced the app to them and uh, he opened it and just clicked play in 20 minutes and you do a rosary. And then he did that every day for the last seven days of his life and was able to die uh, in a, in a state of deep prayer and, and faith. And I think that's like the example of, which by the way, is something we never would have imagined being able to do with such a simple tool. So it's just an example of how God has been able to work such incredible work through this, but is the example of you, you're so intimidated by this thing that it, it turns you off from trying it. And so just trying to break it down to as simple as possible and just get started. Then eventually, you know, I hopefully have memorized most of the mysteries by now, but eventually you work on the memorization and it becomes part of your heart. Uh, so it's not about, you know, quoting scripture and this chapter and this verse, but that, you know, 
when you face a difficulty, what words from scripture speak to you or what mysteries from the rosary speak to you. So uh, that's, yeah. I think, the, the piece that we try to work on. That's that's a perfect way to frame it. It's not that memorized prayers are not amazingly and almost essential to the Catholic life, but it's not a reason to not get started. You know, you don't have to memorize the whole driver's manual for a car before you get into it and start driving. So, you know, pick someone's, you know, and the rosary and, and using a guided rosary uh, meditation app like Hollow is a perfect way to get started if you don't have them already memorized, if you weren't brought up like this, if you haven't had to remember your, you know, your essential prayers since third grade religion class, right? That's a good way to start praying, even if you don't have these things committed or internalized just yet. Yeah, and I think internalized is a great word. Like the point when we uh, the the disciples asked Jesus how to pray, he did give us the Our Father. And so he gave us a prayer that we all hopefully uh, can memorize. Um, but the point was not that we memorize it. The point was not that we know these words and can repeat these words in this order. The point was the meaning of the words themselves, which is so deeply beautiful. And if you focus, which I did a lot, which is, you know, hey, I'm going to say the Our Father every day when I wake up, Our Father, Lord, and have an be that name. And... I just don't even think about the words, but each word in that, and we have a challenge on the app that dives into each word of the Our Father, but each word of it is life-changing, like Our Father. Why does he say Our Father instead of My Father? I never use that phrase ever in my life when I say, hey, our dad is really mean. No, it's just my dad. Why is it Our Father, though? Uh, who art in heaven? What is heaven? Why does that go second? Uh, hallowed be thy name. Why is his name so important? What does it mean to hallow? Is he trying to make our lives holy? And, and so there's so much beauty and depth to the simple memorized prayers that the importance is in the depth of them, not in the memorization. And what happens is as you focus on the depth and meditate on them every day, you do memorize them. It's a byproduct, but it's not the point. And, and it might, you know, you might look less embarrassed when other people pray it, but that's not what God wants. He wants you to meditate on the meaning that he's trying to convey, not, you know, memorize words. To, to look at the structure of the catechism and, and what we're talking about right now in respect to the fourth part of the catechism, which is on, you know, Christian prayer and living, living the mystery, essentially, what's preceded by that is, is celebrating the mystery. And what is what is the mystery? It's it's the mystery of God revealing Himself to humanity, and celebrating that mystery is the seven sacraments of the Church, and the Eucharist being the source and summit of our faith. And to realize that in the context of the Rosary that we're talking about, the full life and the mystery of the from the incarnation all the way up to you know the the coronation of the Blessed Virgin Mary, Queen of Heaven and Earth. It, all within that sense of, of the mystery, what it helps us with is locking into the mystery and driving away all other distractions and giving us a center point so that we can really focus in as a communion of people on this central mystery so that what can be accomplished is intimacy with God and intimacy with one another. When you think about you know, being able to celebrate Eucharist with one another, that it's, it's more than just a personal relationship with God, that God in his action, and, and this is something that Alex continues to express. It's like, it's not my story. This is what, this is what God is doing in my, transform my life. It, it's, it's what God is doing in our lives in the midst of the community. That's just so fascinating to reflect on and to think about and to open ourselves up more deeply and profoundly to when we, when we have practices that Alex is providing through this app, when we practice praying the rosary or even devotional prayers of memory, we're essentially just pushing away all distraction and being able to lock into the mystery itself and really begin to draw from it in respect to what God is doing within us, emptying ourselves out so that we can become more consumed in God's holy presence. And, and that is, is just such an inspiring thing that God desires to do this. But what we need to do is to cult culture out time and to carve out time for this to happen. Mm -hmm. Now, the fourth one kind of, again, flows from this. And <clears throat> Ryan Delacrosse, he's one of the most prayerful guys I've ever met, right? <laughs> he really is. But it's a kind of, it's a very effortless, easy way that he does it because it's a very familiar relationship that he has, right? It's really inspiring to see. And one of the things that people think is that prayer has to be perfect and it has to be, well, let us begin. But if we do not say Pater Nostra Quies in Chalice, it doesn't really count. And like we have to, you're, you know, prayer has to be this perfect thing that is so 
uh, scripted. And if you're saying it wrong, you're going to jinx the whole thing and not get what you asked for. You know, prayer doesn't have to be perfect. And I think, you know, Ryan's relationship with prayer has always been very trusting, open. I don't want to say informal, but familiar is a better way. And I, I think, you know, Ryan's prayer life, what I've seen has been very inspiring on that. But prayer is not a call to be perfect. Prayer is a call to bring your brokenness, your who you are to God, to have those those elements of conversation with him. This is a good plug. We actually get together and pray uh, every Wednesday at 1130 Eastern. Um, our patrons, uh, those who support our, our show financially, we pray for all of our viewers, but we also take a look at the gospel and, and, and pray together. Um, I'll say this in the seminary. I learned this because in the seminary, I was very angry at something that was going on in my life, um, whether without justification, but um, as I was expressing this anger to my spiritual director, he goes, well, have you, have you taken this up with God? And I'm like, what do you mean? Like, you know, like, did you want me to just go in there and just start yelling at him? Like, this is wrong. Like, this is like, well, yeah. I mean, like, have you, have you brought this to God, Father Mike Moore? And, uh, you know, I mean, that was the first time that somebody told me, like, I can talk to God, like, you know, I mean, obviously it's good to listen to, we've been talking about that, the different types of prayer, but in that I learned that it's okay for me to share who I am and what I've got, whatever, however little it is with our Lord, whether I'm angry, happy, sad, whatever. Um, and, and the other time I was in uh, uh, Scott Hahn's uh, house with a friend and we, we were meeting about something and he says, Hey, let's, let's pray. And, you know, I'm used to prayer like, you know, hey, God, you know, kind of like how we started, you know, before the show started. And like we went around the room for like 15 minutes, like just talking to God. And I was like, wow, this is beautiful. And, and we, I felt so soaked into the relationship that I have with God in a more deeper way. Kind of like how Alex was saying is like just being with his parents, you know, and and in that being with your parents and sharing with your parents it might be an hour or two or even all afternoon, you know, not saying that you have to, to pray all afternoon, but I think that's one of the things that I picked up from that is like, I can just sit with God and just be with him and talk to him for as long as I want. Right. Like it's, it's again, a practice, but um, I think that's where, you know, where I think God showed me that, that, you know, I can be more intimate, intimate with him and just share whatever it is that I got, you know? Big, big shout out to Father Mike Moore, Monsignor Michael Moore from uh, the, the Diocese of St. Petersburg in Tampa. And uh, he was my spiritual director as well in the seminary. And, oh, and cool. what, a, what a gift, you know, and th- one of the structures of prayer that Delacrosse was just sharing, because we've, we've heard acts, we've heard, uh, you know, the, the contemplative of oratio, meditatio, contempl- contemplatio. It, our viewers, our listeners, you're, you're getting like inundated with a lot of different concepts of prayer, but we want to give you one more. And it's related to what Delacrosse <laughs> was just saying, praying like a pirate. Arr, right? A-R-R-R. So acknowledge, right? You acknowledge the sense of, okay, this is my disposition. That I'm angry, like Delacrosse was saying, you know, and then you relate it in prayer, you know, expressing in the, in the, in the context of that anger, like, God, this is why I'm angry. And you're, you're expressing that related. Then you start to receive from God, sitting in silence, receive and then respond. What's the response after this, this structure? So, you know, acknowledge, relate, receive, respond. There's so many acronyms. There's so many different structures of prayers. There's so many different religious communities out there. We talked about Benedictine prayer. We talked about Ignatian spirituality. We talked about a lot of different things in this show. And it is so exciting, Alex, to be able to have something that touches on this diversity and it continues to grow. You continue to build out this app. Uh, What are some of the other dynamics present in your app that, that you need to share with people? Because, I mean, really, it's, it is the number one Catholic Christian prayer app on the market today. I appreciate that. The, um, uh, I mean, the, the diversity piece that you hit on, and you hit on it before, too, is something that we learned really early on. Actually, the first, when we first built the app a, a couple of years ago, we just had nine sessions on the app, three that were kind of like contemplative Carmelite prayer, 
three that were Ignatian examine, which is like reflecting on your day, and three that were Lexio Divina, which is meditating on scripture. And our idea, uh, and, and my idea, ignorantly, was, hey, we're going to launch these nine. We're going to test them with, you know, like 100 of our friends and family, see which of the three are the most popular, and then we'll build an app that's a Lexio Divina app or an Ignatian examine app or a, a Carmelite meditation app. And so we, we launched it, sent it to everybody and asked, uh, talked to everybody and everyone answered, Hey, I loved these three sessions. They changed my life. It was amazing. The other six were a waste of time. Uh, the issue was that it was split evenly a third, a third, a third <laughs> across which one they thought was phenomenal and That's which right. other uh, six they thought were terrible and some loved to, or, and, and, and so we realized from the very beginning that that the diversity within the church is really a tool because uh, we all have so much so many different needs within our own spiritual lives and i think it it hits on the the part that is uh you know how, how do you how do you pray unceasingly how do you pray always that is a very I, I i still am struggling with that i don't i don't uh it's a it's a very difficult thing to bring into your whole life but um uh, and, and it can seem intimidating if it's like, hey, I can't say a rosary all day. I have work. I have kids. I have a lot of stuff to do. Uh, and I, I think the opportunity in these different types of prayer is what gets us really excited. And it gets, hits on the point that it doesn't have to be perfect. It can be just starting and just giving it a try or while you're working, doing some Gregorian, listening to some Gregorian chant, which we just added to the app, which is super popular or meditating on scripture, going through the Bible, uh, which uh, is Father Mike's Bible in a year just added to the app is, is super popular. Meditating Which on Father the Rich, gospel. you are no Father Mike. Clearly, Father Mike is no the Father number Mike one Schmitz. podcast. We do not. You guys, <laughs> and you guys remind me of that all the time. I know. <laughs> we we hitched our wagon to the wrong star. I'll just say that. Humble, <laughs> humble villagers, Father. Humble villagers. I just thank God for you guys. You know. They did a great job. Oh, you're amazing, they Father did a Rich. Great job. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, and there's minute meditations like Jesus, I trust in you temptation that there's the nighttime stuff, which I think is actually a really cool, unique way. A lot of people wake up in the middle of the night or are stressed and can't fall asleep or have difficulty just lying awake, thinking about all their worries. And mm. they turn on Netflix or the radio or try to fall asleep just to some nap noise to distract them. But what better way to uh, fall asleep than with the with scripture or what better way to let go of your worries than reflecting on your day and giving them to God. And and so it's like, how can you bring God into every moment of your life in, in every different way? And so I think that's something that we've gotten really excited about, which I think we're just getting started because uh, the good news is we have 2000 years of uh, stuff to pull from. We don't invent anything new and we've barely scratched the surface on, you know, maybe, uh, maybe. A yeah, that's my, that's like one of my very favorite things about hollow is that, it is so deeply traditional. I mean, it is such a modern thing. It's an app. It uses all these kind of, you know, algorithmic, you know, responses, and it uses really great technology, but at the heart of it, it is deeply traditional. I mean, you have Gregorian chant, you have, you know, the rosary, you have examines, you have, you know, things that um, people a thousand years ago in a stone dripping cold hut in England or in Italy or whatever, thousand years ago in a monastery, the same things that we're doing now, just in a different form. It's it's really cool how you use technology to tie so deeply into the modern mind, but then also marry it with tradition. So that's like, I, I really appreciate that about that. And like you said, um, adding in the Gregorian chant, uh, all original recordings too. I mean, that's a really, that's a really cool feature just to yeah. use that kind of um, experience to get you into that mode for prayer. I think the, I mean, we haven't really talked about the, uh, downsides of prayer. But um, to us, we, we spoke to a lot of uh, spiritual directors and you are, especially as Ryan, you were talking about how vulnerable you should be in prayer. I mean, the point is to open up your heart to God. And so the, the yelling at him or, or being incredibly vulnerable or just sitting and trying to listen to God. The tough part about the Christian faith, which is different than you know, secular spirituality and, and mindfulness and Eastern spirituality. The, the unique part about the Christian faith is there's another force at work. If you just sit there silently, uh, God can talk to you, but also Satan. And so it's uh, the, the tough part about Christian prayer is making sure that you do it in a way that's structured so that you're talking to God and you can discern God's will and not uh, be led astray by um, by evil. And I think that's a, that's a really tough part, especially in, and I was really into secular meditation for a while, but when you don't have that discernment or you don't have that struggle of, well, you've got to pick what's, you've got to find what's good and follow that and follow the fruits of prayer. 
which is the most important part. Prayer doesn't matter at all if it doesn't if it doesn't result in fruits and, and love. And uh, following that is a really important part. So for us, we take it incredibly seriously to, A, it's a lot easier work for us because St. Teresa of Avila is a lot deeper in the spiritual life than I was. So taking from what she says uh, in, in terms of prayer technique is a lot easier. But um, it's also really important for us to, to leverage the guidance of the church. And so everything we we focus really uh, uh, a lot on making sure every piece of the uh, content in the app is is 100% authentically Catholic in line with church teaching and guidance so that we're leading people in the right direction and not in the wrong direction or letting people be re- led in the, the wrong direction, which is, you know, a really important part for us from a content perspective. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think what I've, what I'm hearing some of you guys say before you, you started talking about that, Alex was, I think it's really important if you're struggling with prayer to think about what, what is your expectation of the outcome of your prayer? Right? Like, you know, it kind of goes back to your story too, Alex. It's like, what is your expectation here? Is the expectation an outcome to go to sleep, right? Is it is it is the outcome to, you know, get something? And I think what what you have to be is like we said, vulnerable, right? The the outcome is is kind of obviously in to to be in communion with God, but but the expectations need to be that could be a distraction to your prayer. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, Ryan, yeah. you touched on the last of the points, which is so many people think that if they don't get what they asked for, what they prayed for, that God isn't listening or that they did something wrong. Like, you know, I really prayed for this and it didn't happen. So God doesn't care. He's not listening. Or somehow I did some imperfect prayer that didn't crack the code or something. And, and it's not like that. You know, so often when we pray, we, we, we ask for something and it doesn't happen or something else happens, but we have to learn to trust that everything that is given to us, even our struggles are given to us by God to bring us closer to him. Um, Even our struggles, even our temptations, you know, lead us not into temptation because temptations are a thing that can give us purification, you know, from our, you know, concupiscence. So, God is listening. He just might not be giving you what you think you need, but he's still giving you what you need, you know? And that's an important thing to remember because that's one of those things that can go back all the way to the beginning because that can lead to spiritual dryness because you keep on asking for what you think you want or what you think you need, but don't get it. Then your spiritual dryness kicks in and it takes us all the way back to the beginning of this conversation. Yeah, and I think the uh, uh, you guys said the one thing that I had written down for this is that prayer is not about getting things. It's about finding uh, something. And the thing that you find is peace in, in Christ and trust in him. And there, there is something you do get that actually. So that, that is something that is beautiful. Now you'll go through dryness and all that jazz, but through that can learn how to, how to trust in God. And so I, I, I think that, you know, when you, when you change prayer to be, Hey, this is about transforming my own heart. Yes, I'm going to ask for stuff, but it, the, the core is about transforming me and trying to find peace in you. And then the, the whole paradigm shifts to how can I be better, not, you know, what what can you do for me? That, that, that all being said, I think you run the risk of like the today world of, well, prayer doesn't really work. And it does actually. So a lot of times God will answer your prayer very concretely in miraculous ways. And we've seen it happen a ton of times in a bunch of different, in in my own personal life, in a bunch of different ways where you ask for something and he does answer it directly. And Jesus says this very explicitly, you know, if you ask for if your son asked for bread, would you give him a stone? If you then who are wicked know how to give good gifts, how much better will your heavenly father? And so God is always answering our prayers, but to, to the points that you guys brought up, sometimes not in the ways that we expect. And the, the key there and the big virtue that we can learn is trust and letting go. And it's the, the core of what I've tried to and am still at the very beginning of trying to learn. But how in him answering whatever it is really the question should be hey i want whatever you whatever you want to do that's what i want help me to want whatever you want for me and i think it's this thing because i would really like this thing uh whatever it is but uh i trust that you're going to lead me to you and and that trust is so much more valuable than whatever the material thing is even if it's a really important material thing uh that we're asking for so it's it's a it's tough because you it, prayer does work it does change lives it is miracles but the core of it is uh, asking God what you should do with your life and asking Him to transform your life and I I think you know our intro nine day challenge is kind of that's really the only point it's like hey prayer 
let's let's define prayer the right way. It's not asking. That's an important piece of it. We can't ask, but the 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 point of it is just to spend time with God and to grow closer to Him. So is is a thing we get all the time. But um, but at least at least uh, if if we trust in God, we hopefully He'll He'll lead us to the right place. That's what I'm betting on. Awesome. Hey, does anybody, um, have you seen anybody in your app? I could see just from the conversations that I've had with my kids doing some of the meditations. Has anybody started like groups where they play, play them in front of, you know, in front of like five or six people and they kind of share together or is it pretty much an individual app, you know, in terms of the user base? Yeah, it's a great question. The uh, there's a few answers to it. The the first is like it started just hey you're gonna pray alone in the morning ten minutes mm-hmm. you plug in your headphones. Now you could do that with someone else and and be led through prayer with someone else, but um, you're gonna do this uh, uh, alone. We've since built out, and I think the beautiful part about faith is that, and and prayer especially, is that it's meant to be done in community and meant to be done together. And so one of the big things we've worked on over the last year or two has been how do we connect people through the app and. The, you know, we have a family prayer where you can spend the uh, dinner, put put your phone on the table, click family prayer and and play it and kind of go around and share where you thought God was in, in your life that day or um, what you're grateful for uh, as and, and, it you know, auto pauses or whatever. So you can play for each each person to share for as long as they want and then go to the next person. There's something that it's actually really helpful for building a habit, which is having some type of partner, some type of accountability um, person. So we have little families that we call them in the app where you can start a family. And, uh, you know, every time I pray, for example, it pings my wife that I prayed and what session I prayed. And if I reflect on it, it shares that reflection with her if I choose to and vice versa, uh, which is fine. I have one with my mom too. So I can't ever let her pray more than I do. Uh, so it's a fun little, you know, you got a little bit of the spirit of competition. And then, you know, the beautiful part as a church is we do a lot of this stuff together. So every month we have monthly challenges, which are probably our most popular piece of the app. So right now it's the January challenge is uh, the Bible in a year piece, but then also how do you get from one minute in prayer to 60 minutes in prayer and maybe 30 minutes. So 30 to 60 minutes in prayer uh, over the course of a month. So how do you challenge yourself to get to that? And then Lent will be a huge one where we pray for 40 days and try to this year with the year being St. Joseph, try to look uh, journey through Lent through the eyes of St. Joseph. And at Advent, we do the same thing. We will do a 33-day consecration. We'll do a 54-day novena. So these challenges that we can all come to as a community through the app, as a global church, and join in together to, to pray together. So it's there's a bunch of pieces where it's really important. Whereas meditation and exercise, you can kind of do with other people, but is is really more of a solo activity. Prayer for us is it's really important to make sure that you're connecting with your family first and foremost, and then your broader community and the broader church. Amazing. Awesome. Alex, we have to we have to say thank you so much for for sharing yeah. with us and and you know supporting so many people's prayer life. You know, it, it we ha- we need to have the building structures of developing spirituality and the tradition of our faith, and we have such a long history of what that looks like in the Catholic Church. But Alex, you have with your team have put together such an attractive application to help that process to help so many of us develop that sense of prayer. And, you know, you may find yourself right now, my brothers and sisters out there listening in or viewing, and, you know, you want a New Year's resolution. You want to have a really a a greater effort of prayer in your life. Well, I have to share with you just a, a brief story about a woman who was really, really struggling in her prayer life. And she went to this priest and she expressed, Father, I, I really want to develop a prayer life because I struggle to believe in God and I'm suffering with so many different things. And she was suffering in her marriage. She was suffering raising her children. She was conceptually thinking like divorced constantly. She just wanted to give up. And <clears throat> the priest said, listen, this week I need you to go in before the Blessed Sacrament for 15 minutes of silent contemplative prayer. And she did. And she came back at the end of the week and she said, Father, it didn't work. You know, I'm, I'm just done. He said, okay, just deal with, you know, this next week, I want you to do 30 minutes. She did 30 minutes before the blessed sacrament. And she came back at the end of the week. She said, father, th- there's no, God is not here. God is not present. I, I just, I, I don't feel what you're trying to encourage in me. I'm not feeling the fruits of prayer. I just, I, I want to give up. I, I can't do this anymore. He says, all right, just give me one more week. It's all I want is just one more week. He says, I want you to go an hour before the Blessed Sacrament every day this week and come back to me at the end of the week. Two to three days in, uh, she came back and made an emergency appointment with, with the priest. And, and she went on to say, 
Father Jesus is present in the Eucharist. Because in that openness and that vulnerability and that time that she was giving to God, God came to meet her in such a profound and miraculous way that from then until now, she is a, in daily adoration of an hour. That's, that's her spirituality, her contemplative life. But again, my brothers and sisters, we all need to begin somewhere, right? And no matter where you find yourself, we can always take the next step on our journey with intimacy with Christ and one another. So check out hallow.com forward slash Catholic talk show. This may be a perfect opportunity for you to utilize this app to grow in your intimacy and your sharing with God. And for 30 days, hallow is giving you free access because of your relationship with the show. And we appreciate your relationship. And we want to give a big shout out to our patrons. This show would not be able to be produced without you. So we really appreciate your financial support of the show. If you are considering becoming a financial supporter of the show, go to patreon.com forward slash Catholic talk show. And there you'll see every way that you could support us to ensure content just like this will continue to be produced and support people in their spiritual life. Again, Alex, we want to thank you so much for joining us on the Catholic talk show. We look forward to the continued relationship with you. And we most especially thank you for your sponsorship. No, thank you. It's been great to work together. And a lot of people have, have discovered Hallow through your guys' work. So uh, we're, we're indebted and, and incredibly grateful. Thank you, brother. And my brothers and sisters, we'll see you next week. God bless.